Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So the court blocks Indiana's ban on providing puberty blockers to children. The court, the federal court, deciding to involve themselves in what is Indiana's decision, what the General Assembly voted for, what the governor signed into law. Usually that's how it's discussed regarding whether it's abortion or anything else that the left wants to talk about. But when the right wants to talk about something, oh, well, you see, these extremists need to be countered. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, guys. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'd appreciate it if you would. You've got a series of states now where the courts have uh, entered in and stopped uh, the bans on what they describe as gender-affirming care. What a despicable terminology, and I'll have no part of it. This isn't that. This is about telling kids it's okay to lie to yourself, and it's okay to mutilate yourself. And this is about parents who, in some cases, shamefully cheer it, and in other cases, they're just trying to hold on to their kid for dear life. So I I I have a really hard time going after parents because... You don't know where they are in the thing. The parents who are cheering their kids, cheering, oh yeah, get this surgery. Oh yeah, take that puberty blocker. Oh yeah, take this. Isn't it great? Um, those are abusers, in my opinion. I've said so, and I mean it in, in, in every single way. They're abusing their kids for some kind of uh, what I have referred to as reputation capital. We've seen this in a, in a lot of places in a lot of ways. They want to be seen as special. They want to be seen as important, and they're willing to utilize their children to get there. Yes, it's disgusting. No, I won't apologize for saying so. But it would be wrong to say that all parents are that way. Some parents are living in 27 levels of hell, trying to figure out how they hold on to their kid and how they deal with these situations, this social contagion, this aggressive push, and then support from groups like the ACLU of Indiana and others that want to sue you and tell you that somehow your kid's going to commit suicide and it's all your fault if you don't let them take pills that will absolutely change who they are forever. It's not reversible. There's no coming back to 100%. No coming back to square if you take these drugs. None. The judge in this case, James Patrick Hanlon, issues the preliminary injunction. It blocks the part of the law that would prohibit puberty blockers and hormone therapy for transgender minors. First, they're not transgender minors. They're not transgender. Stop it. They're kids. Just say that they're kids. I swear to you guys, I'm as tired of talking about this crap as you might be of hearing it. But there's some people just hearing it for the first time. You know, it's very much Mickey Mantle. When he got asked why he's diving for every routine grounder, his answer was, as the story goes, some kid might be seeing me play for the first time. The ever-growing audience that we have here on the show, on the stations, as it grows, as it builds, I'm here to tell you, uh, my job is to make sure everybody understands where I'm coming from and why these conversations matter. I'm exhausted by this. 
But I'm not going to sit here and listen to, well, this story is from Axios or anybody else, try and make the claim of transgender minors. They're kids. Why in the world can't we treat them like kids? I played this, this, this piece. I don't know if you heard it. Let me play it again. This was uh, from, from CBS. CBS Sunday morning. Uh, listen, listen to how this gets described. Her parents admit it was hard to process. Their then son begging in tears to wear a dress. Now, let me just stop it right there for a moment. Your 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 son wanting to wear a dress. I don't kids do all sorts of things. All sorts of things. I don't know. I don't think it's weird. I think they're kids. And I think you're allowed to say no, right? You're the parent, you can say no. But why does it go from that to, well, surgery, well, puberty blockers that will absolutely change who you are for the rest of your life and not in a good way? Why is it that? A child shows up to you in tears I could show you kids who throw screaming, crying fits because they didn't get a cookie. What are you talking about? Why is this somehow supposed to be something that now I'm supposed to say, okay, the kid can decide their life. That's the subject. If, If we want the crux, the thing, the thing that I find as radical and despicable as the day is long, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree. It's this idea that somehow we're supposed to let kids make this decision. No, we're not. Kids can't make any decisions. They're kids. Why are we saying that kids can make a decision? Why are we saying that kids have rights? Why are we saying that a kid's want is what should be given? That's Wrong, and the parents who are gleefully doing this are wrong. Why can't we say so? I didn't say your child should be hated, attacked, villainized. I didn't say be mean, rude, angry, or violent with your kid. But whatever happened to no? Why is that wrong? Well, Listen to what they told you. Well, if you tell your kid no, it's going to lead them to suicide. Is that what you want to do? Have your kid kill themselves? Because it'll be all your fault. That's what these groups, that's what people like the ACLU of Indiana and others have helped to promote. A disgusting attack on sensibilities. Well, we have to do this. We're going to lose our child. And so so you let the kid have control? No! And that's why you you have to continue to recognize where parents are in this. This is brutality for a great number of parents. For the parents celebrating it, I find that beyond awful. Awful. I do. So this is what happened in the state of Indiana. I don't think that people should stop trying to uh, protect kids from abuse on this subject. We should continue to promote reality over all things on this subject, and we should not stop. I'm not going to let some court case stop me. We're going to continue to openly and honestly address these issues, these cultural issues, 
and do what we can to make sure that kids get to be kids. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Massive investments announced last week into the state of Indiana. Yet I am fixated on this story that Indiana State University, which in the college conversation, at least in central Indiana, very few people have the conversation of, hey, what about ISU? They actually approved a tuition increase while Purdue is on its nine billionth year of a tuition freeze. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. I want to talk about some of these investments, specifically this General Motors investment that is just beyond belief. But it's Indiana State, their University Board of Trustees, approving the 2.75% tuition increase, which means full-time in-state undergrads pay $9,992 for the 2023-2024 year and $10,258 for the 24-25 year. And you've got the story over at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. Colleges are in competition. How in the world does ISU expect to compete with Purdue and uh, IU when they're doing this? Well, it is cha- challenging, and putting the uh, higher education, Tony, no question about it, is a uh, is a business. Uh, ISU has has been challenged uh, in terms of uh, of enrollment and uh, uh, bolstering uh, enrollment and to keep that up. That's put a financial strain certainly uh, on the school. The argument that ISU will make or makes. Uh, it made last week before its board of trustees is that uh, the tuition has increased. They have kept, though they say, fees down and some of the ancillary costs associated with education. So, but the bottom line is, it, it, it's a challenging environment for all universities. If you, if you go down to the division or to the uh, the smaller private schools, uh, a lot of concern uh, there. Obviously, the cost of a private education much more. Uh, but in terms of competition, competition for students. Uh, college-going students, uh, where are they? It's a big question facing higher education right now. And certainly, uh, you know, ISU is at the center of that here in Indiana. You know, this is actually part of a, of a greater conversation. Um, in, in, in Terre Haute, where Indiana State is, because you have this university that should be something that is thought of in, in very high regard. And, and I think they're having an issue connecting. Uh, that's my take. And then you have Terre Haute and, and the university not being able to host uh, the, these baseball games, NCAA games. It was the Sycamores going up against Texas Christian. It was supposed to take place there in Terre Haute, but you have the Special Olympics doing their event, and all of a sudden the school decided unilaterally to say, no, we'll play the games down in Texas, we can't play it here, without discussing it with the mayor, without discussing it with, with uh, members uh, of, of uh, well, call it the community, if, if you will, you've got real anger that was created, and you have the ISU Board of Trustees Chair, Kathleen, I think it's Cabello or it's Caballo, uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, the Board of Trustees recognizes and acknowledges the concerns expressed by the Terre Haute and Wabash Valley community and ISU friends and alumni. We are working with the president to create greater engagement with the community. Is there an issue? 
Is there a real disconnect between the university and the entire area? Is new leadership what's needed? Well, I, I think, Tony, what, and you kind of hit on it there, I think it's an issue whether real or perceived, uh, that there is has been not the greatest working relationship between Indiana State University and the community, be it the business community or or uh, others uh, in Terre Haute. I think that's been an issue for some time. I think there are examples uh, of where that, that, that connection has been good in some of the downtown development near campus uh, and those types of things. But I think there is a feeling that there needs to be uh, needs to be a better connection between Indiana State and uh, the region. Uh, frankly, if you look at Terre Haute and the Wabash Valley, you know Terre Haute as Indiana State University, Rose Holman, the uh, the number one private engineering college uh, in the country, St. Mary of the Woods, they've got a big Ivy Tech community college campus over there. They are rich in terms of educational resources. The challenge is uh, leveraging that for economic development, for growth, and those types of things. I think there is a feeling that that that, that level of connection hasn't been where it needs to be, and I think it's coming into – I think the baseball situation that you mentioned, Tony, with not hosting that Super Regional, uh, which I think cost Terre Haute some, some dollars and some visibility – I think that's put this into uh, into into focus, and I think it's maybe that's uh, going to prompt a you know a move to get a better connection, a better uh, situation there between ISU and the and the uh, community. I love it when you go full silver lining. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB. It costs Terre Haute in the area $750,000, according to your own reporting. That's more than some dollars. But dollars are flowing into the state. You had a conversation with Governor Eric Holcomb, and congratulations, because I didn't know that Governor Holcomb still did interviews. Uh, $632 million from General Motors going into the Fort Wayne truck plant and three and a half billion and seventeen hundred jobs in New Carlisle. We're making uh, EV uh, batteries huge, huge dollars. What is the long term, and what are they discussing of the possible risks? Well, if you look at the long term impact, and I think you kind of break that down. You mentioned six hundred million plus in Fort Wayne at the truck plant, and that's. That's to, to, to retool and to, to upgrade uh, for internal combustion engines, so not the electric vehicles. But, uh, you know, there's a realization by GM that they're going to need, you know, you know, people still like to drive those uh, internal combustion engine uh, trucks, so they're going to be upgrading uh, there. The big investment, that $3.5 in New Carlisle, St. Joseph County, near, near South Bend, for electric uh, vehicle batteries, you look at what that kind of the bottom line uh, in this is General Motors' interest in Indiana. You mentioned those two big announcements. There's also the GM Stellantis deal in Kokomo, which is multiple billion dollars. They've also improved uh, plants that many people thought might be going away in Marion and Bedford. So GM appears to be all in, if you will, on Indiana, and and, and that's a good thing. Uh, we got to train the workforce and have the workers there to do it. But uh, I think any way you look at it, it's a positive that this investment is coming to the state. So is there, especially in this uh, EV battery conversation, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not opposed. I like the growth. Clearly, uh, many, many companies going electric. And while I don't believe people should bring their whole force or their whole fleet electric, I, I get that it's part of the world and, and, and it's coming. Has there been a conversation of the downside of 
uh, EV batteries? Um, is there an issue to Indiana to to what happens if there's a slowdown? What happens if there's uh, grid issues? Things like that that can mean the less need for for, for batteries. Is it too all in on an industry? Or is it part of a larger strategy of more investment? And what are the other fields that Indiana is looking for? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think you know, good questions. And, and I think if you look at uh, the quote unquote downside, I think they're, they're, and it's already happening. This transition, traditional auto workers in Indiana, there's going to be um, uh, impact in terms of those jobs over time, the traditional auto manufacturing jobs going away and the skills needed. Uh, are going to be in this electric vehicle and alternative in- energy space. So that's a transition where workers are going to need to get retrained in in uh, in those uh, areas. So states like Midwest states, the rust quote unquote rust belt states like Indiana are going through that transition, and that's just going to be part of the uh, the situation. But if you look at the kinds of investment and where they're going, we mentioned the electric the electrification of the auto industry, but semiconductors. And the big investment you're seeing at uh, at Purdue and some other places, and more perhaps on the way. Uh, alternative energy. I'll tell you one, Tony. That's going to be one to watch is this uh, whole push to hydrogen energy. Cummins is uh, is yes. big time in, into that. Yeah, in Northwest Indiana, uh, look for some uh, action possibly there in the next number of weeks in terms of big investment. The, the if you ask me, the hydrogen is it. The hydrogen yeah. is where is that? What, what? It's water. That's the byproduct, right? This yeah, is yeah, big thing. yeah, and and not having to depend on an electric grid. This is where the good stuff is. I'm very curious to see how this plays out, and I wouldn't mind Indiana being more of a player in that place as well. Gary Dick, always appreciate you inside Indiana business on Twitter at IIB. Again, I will just state for the record that we need other investments. I'm not anti this investment in in the electric vehicle batteries. I am asking the question, is there a downside? Is there a problem we don't know about? I when we lose out to others to other states, I, I get infuriated by that. I want the growth to be here. But I do want to know is there is there something at play with the batteries, specifically the batteries, that that we're going to regret down the road. It's a curiosity about, you know, what what do they think the long-term effects are and what do they think the long-term strategy is on the battery play? I argue that we also need the more standard manufacturing here. And people think of that as low-tech, and we don't want low-tech because that's not the jobs and that's not what's high-paying. You need to provide for the people what it is the people can do, and some of our people are absolutely going to be world-class at the high-tech, and some of our people are only going to be exceptional at the low-tech. Why deny them? That's the only argument I ever make. We want to be able to ensure we've got manufacturing all around the place. But we shouldn't, you know, go about engaging one sector at the expense of another or forgoing a sector because we don't think it's, I don't know, hip enough, cool enough, uh, uh, pays enough. Mm, settle, settle, settle your face. It matters. You, you need to have the panoply. And if you want to weight these things, and let's say you're going to have 70-30, I could appreciate that. There might actually be some level of, of mathematics done to come up with a, a, a formula on that. But I don't, it's it's not zero. That's my argument. It's not zero on some of these other manufacturing and, and job needs. Note it.
I think states make a, a huge mistake when they give up on one. When they give up on one is a, a giant mistake. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Is this the plan of the media to savage Casey DeSantis to get Ron DeSantis not to run? Is that the is that the goal here? Is that the objective? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. TonyKatz.com. First lady of Florida, Casey DeSantis. Subject of another story from the Washington Post on her relationship with the governor, her husband, Ron DeSantis. The Washington Post calling it a, quote, one of the most guarded and feared partnerships in politics. This is the headline, Tracing the Power of Casey DeSantis. And then it reads, the level of prominence and power they achieved in Tallahassee seemed to insulate their world further, creating a level of distance between Ron and Casey and everyone else. I have absolutely no idea. But do they like each other? Are they focused on a political future, on achieving their goals? Uh, Maybe. When Hillary and Bill did it, it was just power couple. It wasn't Machiavellian. Well, maybe the right called it that, and then the left said, how dare you? And now the left's doing that, and the right says, how dare you? I think the, I think, uh, the, 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 the serious nature of the thing is that when the right questioned uh, Hillary and Bill, we were told how wrong it was, how awful it was, and, and how shameful. But now the left does it, and it's, well, standard. Hillary Clinton is a highly political creature. Hillary Clinton is a known liar and a fraud. Hillary Clinton never accomplished anything that wasn't handed to her by a man, whether it be her husband or Barack Obama. Remember, as a senator, she was a total failure that brought forward a grand total of zero pieces of legislation. Certainly that got passed. If, if I'm wrong, by the way, that, that's news to me. Tell me. I'll, I'll correct the record. Something Hillary Clinton would never do, by the way. Casey DeSantis doesn't seem to be interested in in any of of that stuff. But it's fascinating how the left can say something is wrong until they do it and then it's fine. The real question is, why do we want anybody doing it? Why do we want any part of it? Why is this... Our place. This shouldn't be our place. This shouldn't be what we want. The blood sport of politics. Now that we'll start getting into families, by the way, kids being off the off the table, that's gone. And I'm not talking about grown kids like the Trump kids or like Hunter Biden. They're gonna start going after eight-year-olds. That you have kids. They're going to go after the kids. Nothing's going to be off the table. And we should be bothered by this. We should be concerned by this. We should be concerned by a press corps that had the audacity to say that Joe Biden is a fashion icon 
or or just some kind of icon that that Michelle Obama is an icon and Melania Trump is so disgusting we can't put her on a magazine cover. Sorry, that just doesn't fly. And I don't care if you put Michelle Obama on magazine covers. Go right ahead. Knock yourself out. Put her on all the magazine covers. You want to put Dr. Jill Biden on magazine covers? Go right ahead. You're not going to put Melania Trump on magazine covers? You're going to tell me how she ruined Christmas with some decorations at the White House? She's really the person you want to attack? It's weird. By the way, I always thought the attacks on Michelle Obama were weird. You can go back through my history. I shared it. When she thought that school lunches should be one size fits all, I discussed the fact that she was wrong. When she wanted to do the whole let's move campaign and get kids off the couch and exercising, I said she was right. Because she was. Thinking that school lunches are one size fits all is of course wrong because uh, the uh, male high school senior who plays football eats differently than the sophomore uh, girl who plays flute in the marching band. It's just fact. I don't know why we're questioning what we know to be true. You can't one size fits all the meals. But this constant attack is not going to do us any good. Then there's Mark Cuban, who I think is actually convinced that because he, he made a billion dollars, very luckily. Oh, look, look, he did it. I didn't. He did it. Respect where it's due. But right place, right time, and Yahoo willing to write a check and all that jazz. He thinks that the woke ideology is good for business. He, uh, he has been stating that um, there is a reason that almost all top 10 market cap companies in the U.S. can be considered woke. It's good business. Most CEOs have enough experience to know to just wait out the news cycle until they go to the next one. Is it good business? That's a good question. Is is woke good business? Now, if we take a look at, um, at, 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 at Bud Light, right? What Anheuser-Busch did there, InBev. We take a look at, at, at Target. I can't imagine that they think this is good business, that this has done them well. And certainly Bud Light clearly has felt long-term effects and will continue to do so because of their relationship with Dylan Mulvaney, who is a man, by the way, who should win an Oscar for his portrayal of a woman, not even a woman, some prepubescent child girl in the most freak show thing ever seen. Stephen King never wrote a character as disturbing as Dylan Mulvaney, in my view. Dylan Mulvaney is a man walking around in woman face and getting embraced by leftists who hate women. It's weird and it's fascinating. I, I don't think you can say that that decision to engage Mulvaney as a brand ambassador didn't have a negative effect that still felt to this day. Target deciding to sell uh, uh, bathing suits to boys 
to young men so they could, uh, to boys, I'll say, I shouldn't say young men, I should say boys, so they can tuck and say, look, I'm a girl. That's, that's just hateful of, of, of uh, your marketplace. It's one thing to say, hey, uh, we sell a rainbow t-shirt. It's a different thing to say, hey, we think boys can be girls. Because, of course, they can't be. And to push that kind of thing is, well, wrong. To push it on children, as we've been discussing, because this whole conversation is about kids. We're never talking about adults. We're talking about kids. Of course it's wrong. And, of course, it needs to be pushed back on. So people said, all right, we're going to push back on Twitter, uh, 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 on Target for doing these things. We're not going to be a part of what it is that they're doing. We're just not going to have any part of it in our our lives. Done. Finished. Gone. See ya. And that's that. I don't know how that could be considered good business. What I think Mark Cuban is discussing is the idea of don't have a soul. Don't have a philosophy. Go with the flow. Just say yes to everything. It's an interesting take, right? You 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 have a business. You just want to sell your products. You sell them to uh, the, the, the mass number of people. What is this belief that the mass number of people are people who want bathing suits that allow their kids to tuck? Where did it become... That's the mass amount of people. In the state of Indiana, I keep hearing this one, that if, if, if we ha- keep having these restrictive abortion bans, people won't come to work here. We won't get business because of the abortion bans. Have we ever discussed the people who won't come if we have willy-nilly recreational abortion up to and including the moment of birth and maybe three weeks after? Has that, has that been discussed? Has, has anybody decided to do a, a study on that? I'm telling you no one's done a study on the first part. That some, you know, we, we hear this from the convention business. Some conventions come and they're like, hmm, so what are your laws on this, that, and the other? Okay. Some conventions do that. All conventions do that? That's not what we're hearing. We're hearing that some indeed do. The people who show up in the state of Indiana, for for a convention to Indianapolis, is our abortion rules that are worldwide in 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 most developed countries, and in a in a fair amount of states here in the U.S. post Roe v. Wade, is that really what's on people's mind, or is it how close is the hotel? to the event center where things are happening, to nine restaurants and 13 bars, and how how uh, inexpensive is it? Ooh, I'm definitely going to that convention. When Gary V has VCon here, Vayner Media, you think those people were like, hmm, abortion restrictions, Indianapolis is perfect. Or did they say Indianapolis is a perfect spot to have a convention? Because of course it is. It was built as a convention city. What's the matter? Gary Vee's not woke enough? I have no idea if the dude is or isn't. Which is, by the way, the whole point. But I got to assume that people who went do have a set of uh, of woke values. 
I would do a three-hour interview with Neil Patrick Harris if I could. Doogie Hauser, How I Met Your Mother, uh, 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 Dr. What was it? Dr. Horrible Sing-Along Blog they did with Joss Whedon before Joss Whedon went off the rails. Or maybe he was already off the rails. We just didn't know it. To his work at the Tonys, look up Neil Patrick Harris hosting the Tonys. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable performer. Three-hour interview. Bourbon and cigars that would not stop. Do you think we've got a difference of opinion on the politics? But wasn't he one of the speakers at VCon uh, for, for Gary Vaynerchuk? What? All of a sudden he's a traitor because he came to Indiana? Stop it with the madness. It's crazy town. It's a silly argument. Thus, we go back to Mark Cuban making a silly argument. If the argument is your politics does not have to be worn on your sleeve, I agree with that argument a thousand percent. You're allowed to just sell donuts. You know, there's a donut shop in central Indiana. Actually, it's in downtown Indianapolis. Why don't you have a statement on Black Lives Matter? This was after the, the death of George Floyd. Why don't you have a statement? Because we sell donuts, not good enough. And if you don't have a statement posted to your door, we're going to come after you. That happened. That donut shop has since closed. It was a world-class place. Demanding political fealty is bad news. Some people want to put a statement out there. They do. Some people don't. They don't. It's fine. It's fine. Maybe less is more. And And for me, that's it. But you can't make the claim as Mark Cuban is, who clearly just wants to be loved and isn't actually thinking that what Bud Light or or Target have done has been good for business. You can't actually say that. Now, maybe he'll be shown to be right after a course of years. But we've seen enough from Bud Light to see that there's been a real downturn and a real effect. We've seen Target lose business, lose market cap. We'll see if that remains. But these people who always claim, you know, oh, it's it's good for business. Why, why, why is it always one way? How about I don't go woke? Is that good for business? I go the other way and I attract that audience. That's bad for business? Doesn't make any sense. It would only make sense if you could show the data. How about the business just is the business? And we don't ask their political opinion. Because when you give us your political opinion, well, then we can decide whether or not we want to be a part of your world. And if that's what you want people doing, I say that's fine. You're making a choice. Then you deal with the consequences. And people who don't want to shop your shop because you're okay with children taking puberty blockers, well, just got to deal with that. doesn't make them bigots. You should imagine what they think about you, which is not very much business owner who's okay with that. It's good for business. Then it's good for business all the way around for businesses to share their politics. And I just am not there. They can do it. I'm just not saying they should. I'm Tony Katz. All my friends are heating, taking slow. All right. God save the queen, man.
I have absolutely no idea, and neither do you. Why he would end a speech saying, God save the queen, man, and then not know how to get off of the stage, and then give a little trot. He's giving a little trot to the stairs to show you how young and with it he is. God save the queen. What the hell is Joe Biden talking about? Doesn't he know? I guess he wasn't told. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. TonyKatz.com. Nobody told him. He, somebody should have just called Morrissey. Joe Biden's not okay, and anybody who tells you otherwise is nuts. And anybody who says, but Trump, we're not talking about Trump. We're talking about the current president of the United States, a guy who has his finger on the button, and he's saying God save the queen after a speech about gun safety in Connecticut. Guy is not okay. Stop selling that. Stop telling yourself that. Stop lying to everybody around you. Holy cow. You think Republicans have got an issue? Democrats don't have a candidate who's cogent. That's all there is to that. Find everything at TonyCats.com and the book Let's Go Barbecue, available at Amazon.com. Let's Go BBQ at Amazon.com. Check it out. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.